everybody, and welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here, and I'm joined by Don as usual. Today we have a special returning guest, Ach, and uh, we are going to be talking about Hodge and his experience with Hodge. He recently made the pilgrimage to Mecca and uh, brought back a lot of fun stories that he was telling us about. So it would be, I don't know, we just thought it would be cool to share that with you guys. And uh, I know a lot of people have been requesting an episode on Hodge, and uh, it's not something I know too much about, so um, Ak has a little bit more experience with that, and you know he can enlighten all of us. Yo, what's everybody? Uh, happy to be back. Cool. So maybe first thing is uh, we should just explain the basics of like what Hodge is and all that, because you know maybe people know the basic idea, but they don't really know much beyond that. So uh, yeah, I don't know. How would you explain it? Right, so it's uh, it's the pilgrimage to Mecca, right? It's uh, one of the five pillars of Islam. It's obligatory on every Muslim, uh, as long as they have you know reach. They have a lot of there's like a, a lot of different like requirements for it for them to fulfill it. Um, but if you feel like the the monetary requirement, the responsibility requirement, the age requirement, you know, it's obligatory on Muslims, and uh, it's basically a pilgrimage um, where you do certain rituals in the city of Mecca. And around the the great mosque, the Kaaba, and um, yeah, it's a pretty uh, long process, but uh, pretty interesting as well. So, yeah. uh, so uh, you say it's obligatory. Like, is it is it something that most Muslims do in their life, or is it just like a fraction of them that will end up being able to do it? Um, I know, like historically, it was very rare for people to do it unless they lived like in the immediate vicinity. Okay. Um, like I remember reading about like Indonesian Muslims, right? And obviously that's very far away. It's, that's like a very long distance to travel. It's very difficult in like, say, you know, 16th century or something to make that trek. Um, it was like a big deal when the Sultan of, of that area was able to make it to, to do like a pilgrimage. And it was like this kind of, um, it wasn't like something that they neglected in terms of like their belief or their like, uh, like valuing it you know they didn't kind of figure like oh well that's you know that's for the arabs or something like that it was something they kind of talked about and it was like part of their you know a central part of their idea about what islam is but it was always sort of like this thing that maybe one day somebody will get to go kind of a thing and so when the sultan Mm -hmm. went it was like a really big deal so nowadays would it be much more like uh common or i mean not not this year or two but yeah because I right, saw yeah, that yeah. I saw I saw last year only about a thousand people were allowed, and this year they're limiting it to like sixty thousand people that live in Saudi Arabia. Um, so yeah. I don't know. Well, definitely the numbers are like are much higher now nowadays. Um, it costs like a few grand, I think, a few thousand dollars. Does that sound right, Ak? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I mean, there's a lot more Muslims nowadays, right? It's like billions. So I'm not sure if the, like the ratio has changed, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty significant monetary, um, commitment. Right. Um, Especially if you're like, people are able to do it. Developing country, you know what I mean? Like that's, it's a lot of money. Right. Right. Um, but I think a lot of countries, um, their government actually helps them, uh, Go to Hajj. I know India is one of them, actually, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, they're hoping, they're they, sending they, him on one-way like tickets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was like one of the compromises that they had like back in the day. Sure. Um, but um, I know India is one. I think Indonesia pays for some people's. I think some of the more 
better organized countries, they they pay for people's hedges. But um, yeah, it's a pretty significant monetary commitment. I remember uh, reading about uh, Soviet, like, uh, you know, Soviet Muslims, like Central Asian Muslims. Originally, it was like kind of not happening. You know, they were sort of suppressing Islam and all of that for a while. And then it kind of changed. They, uh, they, I think they start to view it as like a potential diplomatic thing where they could like send people to Mecca and make connections with other people and stuff. And it would be like a boon for the Soviet Union diplomatically. So then they started to actually like subsidize it and send people, you know, provide all the funding and everything for it. So yeah, it's kind Mm -hmm. of an interesting thing. So, right. I think from the Zardom days, they were, sorry, I think from like the Zardom days, they were banning Muslims from going because they were getting, I don't know, radicalized or something like that, they claimed, and then carried through the, to the Soviet times. I think somebody was posting about that the other oh, day. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the whole situation with the, like, end of the Tsarist period and Central Asia is kind of interesting because they were always really, like, not able to fully, like, penetrate that area and properly, like, colonize it or, or whatever. It was always more like this kind of, like, vassal sort of situation and then they started to industrialize a little bit in the end of the 19th century and then they started to look to central asia as like okay here's our chance we can move in there um it wasn't really until the soviet period that that really kicked into high gear Mm -hmm. um so what is the hajj itself like does it does it represent some like something that muhammad did or something or i'm not sure how that works um, I think, I mean, according to Islam, like the traditional like Islamic view, it was a, I want to say a ritual that we believe, I think it's uh, Ibrahim, Islam, Prophet Abraham, that they believe, uh, Muslims believe that he, he started the first Hajj. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the, the traditional account goes that uh, Ibrahim, Islam, he left his wife, um, Hajjar or Hagar, I think it is. In English, mm-hmm. um, with his uh, son Ishmael or Ismail in Arabic, and um, there's this whole thing about how they weren't able to find water in the then abandoned or uninhabited Mecca Valley, and that the the first rituals of Hajj were actually um, Hajar going through you know the the hills of Safa and Marwa looking for water for her infant that was just left there by Abraham. So um, I think that's the first. I mean, like, that's the Islamic account, um, but I think historically as well, it was like a pagan Arab ritual before uh, Islam started, or or paganified, depending on who you listen to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I think, they definitely... You, do you know a little bit more about that? A little bit. I, I know that that was definitely the case that, like, the pagan Arabs were, you know, they had their own rituals and stuff around the Kaaba. Um, they would bring their idols... Uh, you know, each of these different clans and tribes and stuff would like bring their idols to the Kaaba. And um, I think they would do the whole circambulation around the Kaaba, like, you know, just walking around it in a circle and I think clapping and doing stuff like that. And so the Islamic perspective is like Muhammad kind of rectified this practice and kind of restored it to not only to like worship of one God instead of this, you know, pantheon of different idols and stuff uh, but also like change some of the actual practices of the hajj so it is something that the pagan arabs were doing but then the specific practices changed and so 
you know, what, what, uh, Aqua's describing with the, you know, with, uh, uh, Hudger's like, uh, going to the hills and stuff for water. That's like the first of, I believe it's like seven stages. Is that right? Seven different specific things that you do on Hodge? Um, there's a lot actually, depending on like how you, how you like split it up. Okay. I um, guess I'm thinking of like the, the, steps, the specific yeah. things to make like a valid Hodge, like the required, like you have to do this and this and this to, to make it a valid Hodge. Maybe we can kind of walk through that as best we understand it. So like the first thing is the, like the Ihram, right? Like, so you have to right uh, wear a certain garment. If you're a man, I, I believe women just wear whatever, you know, their normal clothing is but men have to wear this sort of like uh it's like a white sheet it sort of looks like a kind of like a toga kind of a thing you've probably seen pictures of that and then they shave their heads right ihram is um i think it's like two well not think i i wore it right um it's like two yeah like you said like togas kind of they're like sheets of like linen basically um you're not aware to wear any sewn clothes as a man mm-hmm. so like no underwear like you're going commando you're wearing two sheets um, and you got to learn to wrap that really quick. So, <laughs> pretty interesting. It's probably pretty comfortable. Yeah, it's pretty right? funny when actually. it's like hot, you know. I, it was, but I mean, it was pretty funny. Like we had a couple of like really old dudes with us, and like there's one guy like fighting the sheikh who's leading us. He's like, "No, like what do you mean no underwear? Like I'm I'm wearing this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, you can only you can only wear those two, and you got to learn how to wrap it. Yeah, one around your waist, one around uh, your shoulders. And uh, upper area. So, and then women just wear whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, so I think the first one is that walking back and forth. I think it's seven times. Right, right. I think uh, your tawaf um, around the Kaaba is 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 one of the first things I believe. Oh, that's um, first. Okay. So the tawaf is walking around the the Kaaba in a circle. Right. Uh, I mean, well. so usually people do like Umrah with, with Hajj. Umrah is like a, a minor pilgrimage. Um, you can do it any time. So usually like one of the first things that you do is um, you come into Mecca and there's like a certain distance around like which is historically considered like the limits of the city or the limits of the Haram, the, the forbidden area, the holy area. Um, so you have to like wear your, if I, if I remember correctly, wear your uh, Ihram clothes from there and then uh, usually people do like a, like just a quick umrah right before that, and they just uh, you do your tawaf um, as your umrah. That's all you need um, to do for umrah first is a is a tawaf. Um, it's uh, I swear some somebody's gonna like cancel me for like not remembering <laughs> the correct stuff after this, but uh, I believe it's you you do your ihram, you enter the state of ihram, you do your tawaf, um, your seven like circles around the, the Kaaba, and then you do. Um, the circuits between the hills of Safa and Melra, and then you shave your hair, and then that's it, I believe, if I remember correctly. Okay, okay. Yeah, so what was that like for you? Uh, I don't know, like, why, why don't you kind of, uh, yeah, tell us about the whole, like, that initial stage of pilgrimage. Like, how did you kind of organize it, get going with it, and what was it like landing in, uh, you know, in Mecca, or wherever, I guess, wherever the plane landed and, and all that? Oh man, that's uh, yeah. It's very, uh, very different, I guess. I mean, I've never really been to like that part of the world before. I went to Hajj. Um, I've been to like Southeast Asia and stuff, but it's it's really different. Um, you land usually into Jeddah. I think Jeddah is the 
to city uh, on the coast um, near Mecca. Um, it's like the, the international entry point into Mecca. So usually like 90% of people, non-domestic people, they answer from Jeddah. Hmm. Um, you step down and um, there's like a, it's like not even like a, it's like not a normal airport process. It's like they have their own hatch process. Like you get herded into like different areas and then usually, like you, you, you step down. You find your your travel group if you're with a group, as most people go with. And um, from there, they just fair, like get you all into Mecca as soon as possible. Cool. So yeah, like it, it's mostly done as you said by like these organized groups and and whatnot. And I think that cuts down on the cost of things for people. Uh, but like, can you do it just on your own? I don't know if they let you go on your own. Um, I know it's fairly like trivial to get your own group started. Um, I know a lot of people that have like their own little hedge tour groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure if you can go on your own. I know I know that if you're domestic, I have I have family in Saudi, um, and they were like able to just show up, like just drive into town and show up. Um, but I'm not sure if international people are allowed to go without a group. Okay. It's probably not a good idea to go without a group. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And there's so many people that go at that period of time. I watched this, like, quick little documentary about it. And I forget how many more times than the number of people that go to the Super Bowl is, but it was, like, 10, 15 times more people than show up for the Super Bowl all at once because it's, like, all, you know, you're supposed to do it during that specific month. And usually people do it kind of, like, even right after Ramadan, right? So... A lot of people showing up all at once to do the same exact thing, go to the same exact place. Mm-hmm. So how long were you in uh, Saudi Arabia for, like, the, the entire time, like, for the, the whole length of it? Yeah, so I was in Saudi Arabia for about, I want to say, like, almost four weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Three, three, like, three and a half, like, 20-something days. Um, but that wasn't all hedge. I would say hedge was about like half of that. It's about two weeks, a little bit more maybe. Mm-hmm. And when you were staying there, like, was it like, was it, what kind of accommodations did they have for your t- kind of group? And are those sort of like, in, like unequal between different types of groups or is that just like a, everyone gets the same situation? Oh, it's, it's very unequal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you get what you pay for essentially, um, and uh yeah like really like extreme amount of what you you get what you pay for Mm -hmm. um i mean there's there's people that are like on the street basically um coming from certain areas and then there's other people with like massive triple duplex um you know tents and like accommodations and things like that so um it really depends on your group it's 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 really them booking everything for you um and it's just based on you know how much you're willing to pay Mm -hmm. And how, how was your experience with that side of things? Um, it was interesting. I, uh, we kind of got finessed, I would say, me and my family. Um, we, we paid a lot of money and we, we, we ended up, the, I mean, this is not like normal at all. Like, I don't want, I want, I don't want people to think like this is like what happens in Hajj, but like, we kind of went with a shady group and, uh, we thought we were going to get like really good accommodations and we did for half of the time, like the first, what half we were there we were in really nice accommodations and then the second half like they just everything just kind of fell apart and we had to like find our own places and our own accommodations so um but usually um yeah it's just like 
it goes everywhere from like that huge tower, like a penthouse in there to like, you know, a hovel basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just based on like how much you pay for it. Um, but ours, ours, we were in the, um, basically we were in like, uh, like this annex to like the, the huge clock tower that they have, like the building right next Mm -hmm. to it, like overlooking the, like the, the Kaaba, like we were there for like half of the time. And then like, we got screwed over basically and we had to go to like a really bad part of town. I want to say bad, but like a, a not so mm-hmm. nice part of town yeah. for like half of the time we were in Mecca. And is it like, are the, all the meals sort of provided by the group and things like that? Or is it sort of fend for yourself to some extent? Um, I mean, usually your group will do that for you um, as part of like the hotel package. So like when we, when we were in like the tower hotel, um, all the like the three, you got your three meals a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other, like the other place that we went to, like, I think they only had dinner, I want to say. Um, and then some people like, they don't get that at all. It's like, it's like basically just a bunch of different packages. Um, and it it just depends on what you get. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's, that's when you're in Mecca and like, not in like the tent, tent city. There's like this one part of the hydrogen rules where you're like in tents, Mm -hmm. uh, in Mina. Um, and there you get. I think the hedge committee actually gives people food. Um, they all like feed all the pilgrims, but you can also pay for your own food if you want like better than just like the basic, but yeah. Cool. So lots of different choices. Yeah. So what was it like with so many people? Was it like that pretty crazy or is it well organized or, or like, what was that like? Yeah. I've, I, I've literally never seen that many people in my life. Um, like there's points like bef- like right before the couple days that you have between like your first umrah that most people usually do and then like the actual hedge rituals and like before you go to the tent city and stuff yeah there's like you're, there's like no walking space at all like it's like millions and millions and millions of people from like every corner of the world hmm. um yeah it is just like super crazy and there isn't really like public transport. Like it's a lot of like taxis and like minivans. Like there's no, there's like not really, there's no like subway or anything like that. So it's like, it's basically what you imagine. It's like the worst jam that you've ever seen <laughs> um, at certain times after like prayers and before prayers and stuff like that. So, yeah. And so let's just get back to the, like the specific rites and stuff of the Hajj real quick. So those all have to, happen on a certain day of the month right like it's not like you can kind of set your own schedule those are all kind of set is that right right so the hajj is like um like a certain month of the year always i believe like the hajj i think mm-hmm. um don't kill me no again. that's right that, that means listening. month of hajj so i'm pretty sure that's right <laughs> right right. <laughs> right um and um there are certain days um I, I, the last day is either adha uh, and like every like major ritual has its specific day or specific two days mm-hmm. um, that you have to do it on. Um, so yeah, they all have their own days. Everybody's like doing the same thing. Yeah. Basically. So millions of people all trying to do the same thing in the same place on the same day. Right. Right. Yeah. So first is, you know, entering Ihram for men. Uh, then there's, if you're doing Umrah, there's the Tawaf. And then I think the first one is the, like we said, the, what's it called? The going back and forth between the hills, right? Like, does, what, what's that called? 
Do you remember? Um, uh, Safa and Morwa. The, the hills. Those are the uh, name of the hills. I think it's called Sa'i. Sa'i. Sa'i right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the first one. Um, right. I think. I, I don't remember the order, but I I'll just kind of like from I don't know maybe you can you can help me out with this. So then I think you go to Mount Arafat. Okay, so I know for I know for Umrah it's just Ihram and then Tawaf and then Safa and Marwa, but I think for Hajj um, you you enter the state of Ihram and then you do the days at Mina where you are um, just like posted out and doing. Like your your mina rituals, basically, um, you stay there all day and all night, which is just praying, um, right? Or is there something else? Right, right. You just pray. Um, you do your ritual prayers there. Um, your five daily, and like it's just a little bit outside of not really outside of Mecca. I guess the city expanded to it, but it's like its specific area where it's just like a tent city, mm-hmm. and that's like the, the I believe that's one of the first steps of Hajj. Yeah. So when you're there. And, you know, praying doesn't take a huge amount of your day. So what are you doing the rest of the time? Um, You're just, you're, I mean, like, it's up to you. Like, some people were, like, not doing anything, right? Um, But, like, if you, you know, there's, there's a lot of, like, you know, we believe there's, like, a lot of blessings in those days. So, like, you just read Quran. Sure. You um, basically just make a lot of dua. Um, yeah, you, you basically have to stay there, but like, yeah, you're 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 in your tents, um, and, and you're just praying and, and doing a lot of worship. Yeah, and you know, Ramadan is the month before, so you're sort of already, I would imagine, in that mode. And what a lot of people do for the last ten days of Ramadan is go into like seclusion in the mosques and just kind of hang out there all day. They do their prayers there, and then the rest of the day you're kind of like, you know, reading Quran just contemplating, you know, it's, it's that kind of a thing. So I imagine that something similar to that is going on. Right. Right. I think, I think, I think Ramadan is a little bit before that, but yeah, you're, you're definitely doing um, a lot of prayer, a lot of, you know, contemplating. Um, it's definitely like the environment, you know, millions of people's intents. Um, mm-hmm. You're in a tent with your whole group. Um, it's like very like, whoa, like type, like, mm-hmm. you know, like what, like, you're just like you're like in a different space, you know, like mentally and physically. Yeah. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. What was that experience like? Like, is it a different sort of feeling or or what? Yeah, I mean, like it's it's like totally. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, it, it's like kind of surreal in a sense. It's like um, because like like literally everybody's in Minna at that point. Um, so like like there's quite literally like a several like at least two three million people like camped out right and you're just there and like it's a sea of tents um i think it's arranged by nation or like continent that they arrange it by mm-hmm. um but um yeah it's 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 very uh surreal and like humbling like you're you all have your head shaved you're all in these white robes you like you feel like you're just part of like a, a turning mass of like people hmm and what, what is it like with other people, like your interactions with other people, even if you're not necessarily like engaging them in some long conversation or whatever, like just kind of being around people, um, does it sort of feel the same way like just any other day or does it have like a different sort of, uh, you know, different kind of thing going on? Um, I mean, at that point, I was I think I was with my group for like at least a week and a half, two weeks at that point. Um, we arrived a little bit earlier. So, yeah, it was a lot. Uh, I made a lot of good friends there um we had some imams and and, and shiuch there um like 
Islamic leaders and they were like, you know, teaching us different prayers to say and like, so yeah, I had pretty good camaraderie with, with a lot of people in, in cool. my group and I was just, so, so know, people just praying are, beside are them kind of like in good spirits are kind of like nice, you know, even though there's so many people crammed into these areas, it's maybe a little bit nicer than you might expect, I guess. Um, it kind of depends. I mean, we had a lot of like, I mean, you'll see like a lot of people who are, um, older. Like I was just like probably one of the youngest people there. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of older people and like, you know, with, like, you know, they might have problems and stuff like that. And then there's like a lot of like, a lot of people bring like people with, um, I don't want to say chronic illnesses, but like you can tell they're a little bit, you know, maybe not in the best health, I guess. Sure. Um, because they want, I guess they want healing, or maybe they're feeling like they're at the end of their life and they just want to do their hajj. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah. So there's, I mean, it's not like everybody's not like chipper and, and things like that. But there's, um, there's a lot of people you know who need help and things of, the, of that nature. But um, it's 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 a lot better than what you would expect for that many people there in such a small space. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're you're at Minna. Then the next day, like I said, I think it's it's the day when you go to. Uh, Arafat, right? Right, right. That that is the like that is the like one of the days of Hajj. Um, mm. um it's like a, a a small like hill slash like I wouldn't even say mountain. It's like a right, yeah, a little. It's not that big. Um, um, but that's that's where the Prophet Salam uh, gave his farewell address uh i think i think that was his last public address before he passed away right yeah so that's pretty famous i think many muslims know the content of that um you know he says stuff like you know the famous uh, (laughs) anti-racism stuff about white's not better than black and black's not better than white right isn't men aren't better than women women aren't better than men um all that kind of stuff right right That, that that's that's um very you know Everybody knows about uh, the Mount Arafah. I think, I think it might have been one of the places that um, he, uh, the Prophet, uh, did his first uh, lectures. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, what do you do there for Hajj? What's the what's the deal? Uh, you do your prayers, but that's that's the day where you do um, your supplications. That's the day where like you you pray your heart out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like if you have any any prayers that you wanted to do anything you wanted to ask of god anything you want to get off your chest that's the day where you're basically on this hill and you're just praying your heart out from like sunset till sunrise um you 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 just raise your hands and then just ask anything of god and i think that's considered one of the best days of hajj to like get your prayers answered so okay everybody's just on the hill just wailing their hearts out yeah that's got to be pretty cool yeah. All right. And so the next day, I think, is the stoning of the devil, throwing the rocks at the devil. Um. Yeah. So that night you pray. Uh, actually, that night you go to Muzdalifa. It's another area. You leave the tents and you go to uh, Muzdalifa, which is like other area. And that's kind of a weird night. Um. You like have to pray. You, like you have to sleep out in the sky. Like like just out in the like the open like no tents, mm-hmm. um. So that's that's pretty interesting. Like people were like going out like claiming spots and like a lot of people get lost. <laughs> like we we got lost from our main group, 
we're just like sleeping in random areas. Um, do you have to sleep yeah, like right like on the no, ground or can you sleep on like a mat or, you know, sleeping bag? Kind of? I think you can sleep on a mat, but like there's like you can't sleep in like a tent or anything like that. Or like people just sleep on mats on the ground. Like there's no okay. there's no segregation at all. Like any part during Hajj is just like men and women like right next to each other. Um, yeah, it's pretty weird. Like you're just in the sun, like millions of people just sleeping on the ground or like in the night, I guess. Yeah, I bet you wake up pretty early. Oh, because <laughs> I mean, I remember when I was in Jordan, we spent, I think it was just one night, but we went out to uh, Wadi Rum, which is just like, it's kind of like in the middle of the desert, basically. And, uh, you know, even being in a tent, like the sun, when it comes up at like four or five in the morning, you know, obviously it depends on what time of the year and everything, but that's when the sun rose at that point. And I was just wide awake just because of how bright everything was so i imagine that's probably <laughs> the same kind of deal yeah i was pretty slumped the night before because it's kind of hard to find a spot to sleep um plus you're like on your own kind of that night because like nobody mm-hmm. nobody's able to find like stay with their whole group right sure. um but yeah that sun will cook you like you'll <laughs> you'll wake up whether you like it or not yeah, yeah. um you're not you're not sleeping in yeah was it like a summer Hodge that you did was it was it during a hot season? Yeah, yeah, it was summer. Yeah, it was one of the the hottest summers. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the sun is no joke. You'll you'll. I, I went out one day for like a prayer. Like I went out for the Lord one day, uh, which is the the after like the noon prayer. Um, I didn't I didn't bring my hat or I didn't bring my like like kafaya or like my head wrap or anything like that. I just went out uh, just to catch prayer and I. I Literally had a headache within like five minutes. Wow, man. Um, yeah, it's not a joke. It's like easily a hundred like every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those people that really don't like white Muslims, I think this is like a good point in their favor. <laughs> <laughs> like you point people out of it. We'll just fry to a crisp. Right, right. Now, I, I got a, I, I'm black as hell and I got a sunburn. Like I was, I did not think I'd be able to get a sunburn, but I, that Meccan son did it to me. So. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those great things about Hajj. It brings people together. Now you know the experience that uh, we all suffer, you know? So. <laughs> uh, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my uh, Yakubian brothers. I apologize for my jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the stoning of the devil is the next thing, right? And that's, I think, kind of iconic. A lot of people find that kind of, I don't know, fun or interesting, you know? So what is this? Involved? That's actually yeah. one of the hardest days. Yeah, that's actually one of the hardest days. Um, <laughs> like I thought, I, me too. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna jack this devil up, right? <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's one of the hardest days because they don't, they don't tell you how far these distances are, which is like, I think they should really let people know about that before. Um, like everything is at least like a mile walk, two mile walk. Um, the the, from like Mina the tents to going to those um, stoning of the devil, um, which they're just like random pillars in like this huge complex. Um, it's like a good, I want to say, three mile walk. Like it's 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 not a joke. And there's like the sun there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So that that was the day when like people were like just dropping like flies. Like I saw, I saw a couple of people just drop. Um. Like it's once again, like it's a million people, right? Yeah. Um, and you're you're all going along like what is basically like a highway. Um, 
I would say about a quarter to a third of it is like covered, but like it's still hot as hell. And uh, but the rest of it, you're just out in the sun and like people are just dropping. Um, yeah, especially I imagine yeah, like one of the, the older days. people and those people in ill health that you were talking about. That's got to be really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, there's, I mean, like there's. Don't get me wrong, right? Like there's thousands of like, I want to say Saudi police. Like I'm not sure what they are. I think they're just touch helpers or something like that. They're all in the uniforms. They have like water bottles they have water spray things they have like mist creators like everywhere but like it's like you can't fight nature right like it's just the nature of mecca is just grueling like it's it's not a place for it like it would not be a city like if, if it wasn't for 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 the haram right if it wasn't for the kaaba mm-hmm. so um yeah that's the that's one of the toughest days for for anybody um making that walk that three mile four mile or something like that walk yeah so the the stones and stuff that you throw um what's what's up with that like where do you get those do they hand them out or something um i mean there's just like random stones everywhere there's like pebbles um some people just like hand them out and give them to people um but like you'll you'll find like like rocks everywhere um really because i would imagine that like they'd be picked pretty clean you know no i mean i don't know i guess there's like a rock generator somewhere. Like, but, <laughs> they um, respawn every year. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, uh, somebody's out there doing Minecraft shit. Um, but it's, uh, no, there's just like pebbles everywhere. You can find them. And then like, there's some people that just give you pebbles. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, it's weird. Like it's not what I expected. Like the, there's like the central pillar, right? The, these things, which they're not that big, but like they're surrounded. And like, I want to, I can only explain it as like a, times a hundred like parking complex i guess like it's like multi-level um just i don't know building i want to say i don't know but that's that's like the actual place where you stone it and like um yeah and then like in the middle it's just like this pillar that goes through like four floors high so yeah and that pillar is is the thing that's supposed to represent the devil right that's what you throw your stones at right like the devil i don't know if it's iblis or satan himself but like Muslims believe, like, we believe that, like, the devil's actually stone, like, tied there, and, like, you throw the stones at him, and you're, like, rebuking him. So that's one of the main rituals. Um, I think you do it two days in a row, I believe. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's fun. People people go ham on that thing. Like, some, <laughs> yeah. some people are just, like, lo- like, just trying to, like, do a fastball with those things. So. <laughs> that's what I'd be doing. <laughs> I'd be trying yeah. out my curveball, see if I still got it. I put I put a little bit of you know elbow grease into that when I when I threw it so yeah got my licks in that's good. Um, and then there's a sacrifice, right? You have to sacrifice an animal, right? Right, right. So there's um so in like the general Mina area, like the the tent city slash the the stoning of the devil area. Um, there's also like a sac- animal sacrifice place, like right next to it. Um, and then like, usually you just purchase your, like your, your, um, thing. You don't have to go there and actually see it. I don't know if they let people even, I didn't, I didn't go myself. Um, I just, I just bought, everybody just buys a thing and like, they let you know that it's been done. So, yeah. So someone can actually do that on your behalf and that will count. You don't have, you don't right, have to right. you don't do personally. It, it'd be impossible to do yourself. Right. 
Yeah, no, yeah, they 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 have um, I think it's either a, a lamb or a camel or a goat or something like that. But yeah, they they uh, there's a lot of animals there. But that area is like totally self um contained. So like, if you're worried about like, oh, I want to see a goat or a camel, or like, I don't want to see a sacrifice, like you'll you you'll never see it if you don't want to see mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I believe that meat is distributed to the poor. Right, right. It's only for the poor. Um, yeah, it's 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 only for the poor. They import like millions of animals from like all over to to satisfy that. So, yeah, that's that's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. And what's next after the sacrifice? I believe you shave your head. Um, that's when you shave your head. So usually, most people have like either cut their hair short from the earlier umrah. Mm-hmm. Um, most people just hit a quick umrah just to like practice, I guess, and like just get it in. Um, but if you haven't at that point, um, well, even if you have, you still have to like cut your hair. So, uh, for men, it's, um, I believe the requirement is like only like a couple inches of your hair if you have long hair, but like usually you go bald and then women just have to like cut, cut like an inch off or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they're, uh, they're, there's like millions of like barbers and they just do it right there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably probably a good day for them. Right, right. They make a lot of money. It's funny too because um, we had like this one guy in our hedge group who had like this amazing head of hair, right? Like he he looked like Cat Stevens basically, like he was black. <laughs> um, and like he was like totally against cutting his hair. Um, like it was just his thing. He's like, I'm only going to cut the bare minimum, which is only thing like he had his like sources up. Um, but <laughs> <Yeah>. those, <laughs> but those guys like don't understand. Like they, they like 99% of them don't speak English and they, they literally just take a razor to your head no matter what you say. Sure. Yeah. Um, and he, he got his head cut. He's had his, he had his hair cut against his will. They just, they just did it. That's <laughs> probably so better for him anyways, you know, like he's probably getting more right, benefit right, from right. that than, uh, having the nice hair. Plus, right, like you give away whatever makes you vain, right? So he he was uh, he learned a lesson that day. Yeah, thing was good for him. Yeah, plus it grows back, right? I mean, you're right, not really right. losing anything. No harm done. Yeah, so that's the end of it, right? Like I think that's pretty much the end of like the like the milestones that you need to hit to have like a valid hodge completed. Or am I missing something? Um, so I think the la- the last things that you do is the tawaf. Um, you do you do the circ like circulating like or like circambulation or i think it's mm-hmm. called um around the kaaba um you go around there and i think you just you know read read um certain prayers that you read um and that's that's like one of the most amazing parts see so you, you're like around millions of people just like orbiting the the kaaba um and um yeah that's like i, I don't know if you've ever seen like those gifs or like those like sure like long motion yeah, yeah. cuts or whatever mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh that's that's what you're seeing basically. Um, and then you do you do the the going between the hills again, of Safa and Marwa. Um, well, they're not really hills anymore. They're like it's like totally self-contained. Like Saudi Arabia built like this whole big thing around it. So like you're indoors, but like the hills are indoors too. So it's like kind of weird. Huh. Hmm. Um, yeah. So you get to one side, it's like a hill inside of a building. It's pretty weird. Um, and then, and then you do your farewell to Waf, like you go around the, the Kaaba again and then that's it. You're, you're officially a Haji. You're, you're done with your requirements. 
That's cool. So what is it like uh, doing the tawaf around the Kaaba with all those people? What does that feel like? Once again, like really like surreal, like you're, you're, um, like so many things happen like around the Kaaba, right? In Islamic history, like yeah. you read all of these world changing events that happened there and like you're, you're there and you're part of it. Right. So it's definitely a very emotional and like, like, and, and it's not like anything you've done before, like, all the other days, like you've, you know, you've made, you've made dua before, you made prayers before. Um, but like tawaf is like a site specific type of worship that you've like never done before in a sense. Mm-hmm. So it's like very, um, yeah, you just, it feels amazing. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do it once. I mean, there's, there's like tons of people there crammed in all doing it at the same time. Is there like, so, does that take you out of it a little bit or is it just such a, like a powerful thing that you kind of forget that you're just like mashed in with all these people? Um, surprisingly, like, it's not like, it's not like you're not packed like sardines, right? Like you, you have like your little personal space area around you. Like there, cause it's, it's such a large structure. It's multi-level. Mm-hmm. Um, and like usually everybody that like can't, um, like older people that can't really walk, or like they walk really slow. Um, there's like an army of like people that drive them around in like wheelchairs or like little little cart type things. So like they're usually on the outer upper levels, and like everybody else that can like walk um, around like the seven times is down there. So like it's not really, it's not as like as you would expect. Like everybody's just at a brisk pace, so you're you're not really like bumping into people. But, okay, so it's not as chaotic because you know people like talk about like trampling and that kind of stuff that happens so that does happen but that happens um directly around the kaaba like within arm's reach so like a lot of people like i don't know like they're really ignorant and they think like touching the kaaba is is a requirement so like there's a lot of people like doing weird bruce lee gymnastic like (laughs) dragon ball moves to like get to it right like they're literally punching and elbowing their way to touch it um which is like there's there's like hajj like attendants like they're like screaming at them like no what are you doing haji um but uh yeah like right around the kaaba like yeah you'll you'll probably catch an elbow to the face from like ignorant people that's so crazy um, to me I, I mean i feel like you're doing this once in a lifetime thing it's like one of the more important things that you're ever gonna do in your life and like you kind of just completely like you know, just mess it up i feel like i mean you know right. i'm sure they're still having a valid hodge and you know all that but it's just like you know this is probably the time to be on your best behavior right i mean the thing is though like there's a lot of people like i mean like it's the whole muslim world right like yeah. in my experience i've only been around you know western muslims like they all kind of have the same general outlook on the teen or like they've all assimilated to the same outlook but like over there there's like the whole gamut of like muslims right so yeah you'll see a lot of things that people aren't really supposed to be doing a lot of like odd practices from like different sects um but yeah right around the kaaba like a lot of people just go ham um a funny thing is is like i i saw like because naturally like bigger dudes will get there right um it's usually like just bulky dudes that are able to elbow the way in um, but like the one time I got really close, 
um, one of the most aggressive people I saw was like this little blonde lady who's like just elbowing people <laughs> and like got to the thing. I was like, damn, lady, like, the hell are you doing? Hmm. But yeah, but yeah, it's uh, right around it is where the the fitna or the troubles are. <laughs> but like everywhere else yeah. is like pretty, it's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. And so after all of that, were you uh, how like how were your legs? How were your how was your uh, health and stuff like that? Were like were you exhausted after all of this? marching around and stuff or is it um yeah i mean it's not it's not it's not easy um it's not easy like you know it's you're you're doing all this stuff but um you know alhamdulillah like i guess maybe god made it easy for me like i wasn't that that like down like you'll be tired at the end of it but it's not like you're dying right so Mm -hmm. but yeah it's uh it's pretty interesting and then you, you like all of these things are like you you go, you go, and you like. Other than one night, you like you sleep at the end of it, right? Like it's not the whole day. Sure. So you get your breaks. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, so, so the thing that you're, I guess, circum circumambulating, whatever, is a uh, is like you, we talked a bit about it, but like it's uh, the Kaaba, and it's that's for people, I guess, that are like closer to my level. Like th- that's that's where people see the cube or whatever, right? Like on yeah, in, yeah, uh, yeah, and. Uh, that was that like a temple uh, originally of Abraham's. Like I know we talked a little bit about the that it was the first Hodge there, but is that like the it, like was that like a site of it, like historically like was it supposed to be? I I I don't really understand this like in terms of like the ideology. Like uh, was that like supposed to be a site in the Jewish religion too or something or? Um, so I believe the Islamic account, I'm not sure if it was either Adam that built the first one or it was Ibrahim, but I know that the Islamic account is that, uh, Abraham or Ibrahim built it with his son, uh, Ismail Mm -hmm. or Ishmael. And, um, that was where he, I think in the Bible too, he did exile his, his son and his, his other wife to, to the Arabian Peninsula. Um, to the Valley of Becca or, or where Mecca is today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we believe that he was the one that built it. Um, but by the time of Prophet Muhammad, وسلم, he, it was basically the center of Arabian paganism. Okay, okay. It had like over 360 idols. Um, even like Arab Christians and Arab Jews, they had like like icons in there. Okay. Um, it was just like a center of like Arabian Sure trade and like civilization so yeah but it, it wasn't like some sort of like because if it is i'm saying if it's if it's abraham i was just thinking that like did the jews claim it as a site too or was this something that was yeah that was what was confusing for me I'm yeah not sure i actually don't know about that it's possible that they did i i really don't know i, I know the idea is definitely that abraham rebuilt it that it was a place that was like um you know, like from the very early days of man, you know, like sure. it was, it was like the first mosque kind of a thing, okay, the first okay. place of worship. So, yeah, I'm not really sure how that, uh, how that relates to like the, you know, the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not sure. I, I've heard accounts that there was a, I'm not sh- like, I'm not sure like the veracity of, of, of this, like even in Islamically, but I know there's an account that there was an icon of Jesus and, and Mary mm-hmm. that was in there that was like, taken out and like not destroyed with, with the rest of the idols um 
Yeah, that. But yeah, I'm not sure what Jewish people believed. Yeah, that's like supposedly, according to this hadith, which I I understand there's some debate about it, but the the idea was that all it was full of all these different idols that all these tribes brought and put inside the Kaaba, and Muhammad took all those out or destroyed them except for that image of uh, of Mary and Jesus. Hmm. Yeah, and so and th- this is the thing that. Uh, uh, Muslims orient themselves towards in prayer around the world, right? Too like it's yeah, yeah. So that's actually one thing I wanted to ask you about, because that's something I always think about. It like if I were to go on Hajj, uh, you know, this is the place that I, you know, point to when I pray, like, and have been doing for like every day. So it's just something to, I don't know. I feel like that would be something significant. That would kind of be uh, profound in some way. Yeah, yeah, like they're like the whole city like prays in different directions, right? Because it's the center of the city, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Like you're you're not praying in straight lines um, for normal prayers around the Kaaba. Like sometimes you can catch like a, a regular prayer there. Like like you said, it's like the Kaaba's right there. That's like where you pray to. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like the lines aren't straight. The the imam is like he stands at a certain corner. I think the same corner every time. I forget which one. It might be like directly in front of the black stone think so oh, i'm yeah, not sure don't quote me on that. about that that makes sense um but yeah you, you, the lines aren't like straight like they're angled um and like if you go to a different part of the city it's like a different corner basically like you can kind of tell um if you like change move directions in the city so yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of a trip <laughs> yeah like every place is gonna have to have its like right right Kibla, like really carefully <laughs> you know yeah And when you pray now, is that make it sort of more, I don't want to say real, but like, it's kind of like you're, you're like, oh yeah, I know where I'm, you know, I've actually seen the place that I'm praying towards or something like that. Right. It's not a conspiracy, right? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it is, it is, I don't know. It's like, it's like weird. Um, praying to like, you see the building that, that you pray to. Mm-hmm. Well, I was wondering like, so after you have this, you know this experience like do you feel different does it change you in some way you know yeah like um i I, it did make me more i don't know it like reified things for me in a sense like i saw you know the place where these you know events that i've always heard about all my life like i saw the building i pray to um i saw like you know these I did the things that, like, I felt like I was part of, like, a chain, I guess, of, like, believers that, like, did these things. Um, yeah, and, like, that the day in Arafah mm-hmm. is, like, very, like, like, I don't know. It's, like, just cuts out, like, the fake stuff, I suppose. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, uh, it's very, very unique experience. You do get an honorific, though, don't you? Like, it's, like, people can call you. I know, I know. You can call me Haji, but that that term is a little. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, these yeah. days, no, for, among Muslims, well, I can get yeah. called Haji. <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're not if you don't look Muslim to me, you can't yeah. call me Haji. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Mecca itself is very interesting too. Like Mecca, like just the city is like a trip. Like the the geography of it, it's like really, like what is going on type thing, you know. Um, I mean, it's like, it's like a city between like seven hills, I think like something like that, but like, 
you're like driving into it from Jeddah, right? And like you just you see this like massive like um I think it's like all volcanic hills. It's like former volcano, so it's like just these massive jagged black hills. Um, and then you see this city like like mm. surrounding like this just massive um mosque area. So it's really weird. It's not is it like a big city? American big. Like it's, there's no like because you know how like American cities like there's like a core of suburbs and like like a downtown area and all that stuff. Um, it's it's kind of compact. Um, mm-hmm. And like there's that clock tower there. <laughs> like oh man, yeah, that thing was yeah 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 that thing was massive. Uh, you, you, you if once you see it in person, you're like, why did they build this? Like why why is this massive thing like the biggest thing in my mm-hmm. like like field of view right now? Like it's just weird. Um Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, I guess that's something that they've been building up, uh, you know, hotels around the perimeter of uh you know, the Kaaba and they've got like KFCs and Starbucks and all that kind of stuff. You see any of that? Right. I mean, that's weird because I, I, like I said, I, I, like the first while I was there, I stayed in like one of the, it's like, because like the clock tower is like, has a base kind of like, it's like the, it's like the building seven. It's like World Trade Seven <laughs> yeah. if, if the clock tower yeah. was World to, to, to use it. Right. So I was like there. Um, it's massive itself. And it's just weird. Like, in a sense, like I get why they did it because just going out and like doing like a, like, if you're doing tawaf or like you're praying at the mosque, right? Like it's like the sun is going to like destroy your, your skull. Like it's going to fry your brain. And there's like a million people there. And like, you just want like water or like you want food. Right. So I get why there's like food places right next to it. Like I know people criticize like, Oh, there's a KFC right there. But like, I kind of get it. Um, I don't like, I like, I don't know how you would do it. Like, Maybe there's a better way of doing it than having a KFC there, but I kind of get. I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I kind of feel the same way. It's like, well, people got to eat. KFC is a place to right, eat. People right. love fried chicken. What's what's wrong with that? Right. Right. Oh man, they love their their fast food. Oh there. yeah, they love that. Yeah. Um, I should post a picture of it uh, maybe tomorrow or something. But like, uh, I have a picture of when I was in uh, Xinjiang in Urumqi, and they had like. Uh, they had like a bazaar area kind of thing, like a you know all the market area and all that, and it 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 had like you know there's like a camel there and stuff too, and they had this like old looking minaret and all of this kind of stuff, and um, it's like the old grand mosque and stuff like that, and uh, they had turned part of it into a KFC and stuff, and it just had like <laughs> so it has like this big KFC sign on this like. Uh, Grand Mosque, but then I, I was reading about it on Wikipedia just the other day, and uh, it said that like part of the stuff that they built, like that I thought was like ancient Islamic architecture or something like that kind of thing or whatever, right? Like you know, like it had been there for centuries or something. It was just something that they built for tourists like recently or something. It wasn't even like uh, it was like it, I don't know. So it was kind of funny that I was like, oh man, they're like defacing this with the KFC, but it's like no, 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 they built that with the KFC or something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> CCP yeah. propaganda. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, another thing I was wondering about is, uh, like the population of Mecca, is it, 
all, you know, like Saudi Arabs or is it sort of like a mix of people? Like I imagine there's quite a few people who have moved there to be around the Kaaba. So maybe there's like a diverse kind of population of maybe uh, immigrants isn't the right word, but like, you know, people who have kind of made their home there. Um, I think, um, so it's kind of hard to tell who's like Meccan and like who's there for Hajj. Um, I guess that's true, especially during Hajj season. It's kind right. of hard to tell. But, but actually one of the things, and I guess maybe, I guess I appreciated that they kicked us out of that tower on the second part where we had to find our own hotel. Like I had to go like basically to the outskirts of the city, not really outskirts, but like a different part where like pilgrims don't really stay um so i did see like meccans um i will say there's like a lot of saudi arabs but like just the nature of the city over the years there's like a lot of like immigration so there is like somewhat of a diverse population it's like i think it's some east africans some west africans um like that are there and then like some other arab type people that were there um it is a little bit more diverse than like a regular saudi city just because of the historic nature of it. Um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But that also brings me to one of the points. Um, I want to say, I don't want to say I didn't like about the Hajj because it has nothing to do with the Hajj, but like just how the city, I guess, is is administered, I want to say. Um, there is a very stark difference between, you know, the central Haram area, the towers, and then like where, where like some Meccans live. Um yeah, I don't know what they're doing with with their money. Um, that that Saudi government, like it's like, why like why do people live like this? Like at one point, I saw a man eating out of a trash can. Right, like it's I saw like very stark poverty in in like the hills where mm-hmm. like Mickens live. So I'm like, what what is what is going on here? And like what what is the government doing? And like why why is like our holy city like in this kind of state? Right. So I, yeah. I really did not like that uh, when I was out in that part of the city. Yeah, that's a real shame. I mean, you think even just for appearances sake that they would kind of take care of that. Right. Like even when you're driving into the city, there's like, like I said, like on those volcanic hills, it's like just bombed. Like it, I mean, Saudi is a very rich country, right? Like they're, they're up there when it comes to like GDP per capita. And then you look out into those hills, like where some people are living. I don't know if they're native Saudis. I don't know if they're like where they just shove all the immigrants, but it's a damn shame what's going on out there. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. And mm-hmm. even even like inside of the city, it makes you wonder like if you have all these billions of dollars, right? Like, why is the city's transportation system like really such a disarray, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of yeah. things that just kind of make you raise your eyebrows in a sense. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you spent an extra couple weeks afterwards. Right, right. So I spent a little bit more time in Mecca, and then I went out to Medina, um, which is the other holy city. And I and I spent like a week there as well. Most people usually go to Medina afterwards. Yeah, that's not like technically part of a Hajj thing, right? Like that's just something, you know, while you're in the area, you might as well, right? Right, right. You can you can leave after your farewell tawaf. Um, you can that's you're done after that point, but. But like, like you said, you're in the area, so you might as well see the Prophet's city. 
Okay. Was that uh, like different? Was it, you know, wh- what was that like? Oh, totally different vibe. <laughs> totally different vibe. It's like night and day. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's totally different. Um, Mecca, there's like, I don't know, there's like this, like Mecca has like, the Hajj has like another massive population. Like, I'm not saying this to be like, I don't know, like, like classes or something like that. But there's like this other population of like, like, I want to say migrant people. I don't know how to explain it. There's like, there's like a, a huge migrant population that's like begging, I guess, in a sense, um, in the, in the harem, like when you're there as well, um, I don't know. It's like weird. Like, I don't know. It's like some weird things going on sometimes, but like Medina has like none of that. And like, there's not the trillion people that are there. Like only like maybe 10% of the people go there afterwards. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, it's like a lot like better, better city civil design. And like, there's a prophet mosque, which is like much like calmer vibe. Um, a lot of the graves of like the the companions of the prophet are there. Like I don't know, it's just a much different mm-hmm. vibe than Mecca. I want to say better, but it's just different. Yeah, that's cool. That sounds nice. Yeah, that was actually one of the most um, like moving moments as well. Seeing the the graves of like the the companions, um, you can see like almost all of them. Um, you go out there and you you know they say like you know this is so and so who died during this battle. I saw like the grave of Hamza, who was like martyred. Wow. Um, and that's very moving as well. That's cool. Um, Medina is a very, like, beautiful city, isn't it? Like, it's it's the... Maybe, I'm not quite sure if, like, you know, I've only seen this from, like, videos and stuff, but there's... It's either Mecca or Medina or both, but they have, like, those Star Wars umbrellas and all that. You know what I'm talking about? Like Right, that's Medina, yeah. <laughs> Medina's the one with the... That's Medina. With the Tatooine Star Wars umbrellas and stuff that open and close yeah that's the one yeah that seems very cool like it just seems like uh it looks like a sci-fi city or something yeah it is what is this sorry what are the side what are the umbrellas they're um they're just like shade for shade you know like sun umbrellas Uh, but they're huge and they have them like all over this area uh just to kind of like protect people you know at a it's not just like a little umbrella like they're they're very tall towers and uh they open and close and stuff and they are just you know designed uh they, they like like i've been saying they look like something out of star wars or whatever yeah that that does kind of worry me in a way i mean i'm sure it's cool there but that makes me sound like it makes me feel like that's what our future is with like climate change and whatnot like just getting <laughs> just like i'll be walking around downtown and then giant umbrella will open because they know that it's going to be sunny that day or something i don't know yeah don't you live in canada you're just going to get slightly warmer aren't you it'll be like virginia (laughs) it's not that bad it's pretty hot here it's it's pretty hot it's getting hot like right now in uh, western canada it's just it's just crazy i don't know so yeah worst case scenario would be like florida it'll be fine sure yeah you only have to wear two coats when you're out and stuff right sure But yeah, Medina is really interesting. Um, the Prophet's Mosque is like great, and like there's a Prophet's grave there as well. Um, that was that was like amazing, <laughs> like crazy to see that as well. Yeah, I've never seen any pictures or anything of that. What is it like? It's like behind like a gate, like a I don't know if it's golden or something, but like this gilded bronze gate. You know, it's it's the Prophet's grave and Omar's grave and Abu Bakr's grave. 
um, the three of them there. And you, you, you only get a, like a little bit of time to go there because like, like I said, there's like people that do weird things there and like the Saudi government doesn't like it or like maybe it's like a sec <laughs> thing. Um, but like, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they shuffle people in and out really fast. Um, but you can see the prophets get ready if, you know, say your salam to him. Hmm. I wonder how the Shia feel about Abu Bakr and Omar being right there. I'm sure they have interesting opinions. <laughs> yeah, they're probably not too happy about it. Yeah. Uh, is the mosque well taken care of? Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, like whatever Saudi um, prince was like assigned to, to Medina is like actually doing his job. Um, <laughs> like they they like they put one of the more competent princes there, I guess maybe. I don't know. But, like the city is like night like night and day with like like the transportation and like the roads and like everything. Um, it's like way different. Um, it's kind of like modern city in a sense. Um, and then. Hmm. You know, there's a prophet's grave, and it's like really, really big too. Like the, the Haram. I don't know if it's smaller, but like I guess maybe like people aren't like go in like a circle and like doing tawaf around it. So it's just like maybe the, maybe the space just fits more people. But like yeah, it's it's really chill. Like there, you just go there and you you do your prayers, and it's really nice. It's like a cool, calm vibe. I think it's like actually cooler too as a city, like the, the climate wise. So, mm-hmm. is it an active mosque? Like, you know, it's used for like you know they have Friday prayers and regular prayers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like every prayer. Like, you, you, I, like I was there for a couple of days and I was just doing every prayer and just like chilling. Like it's it's a chill That's place cool. to be. Um, yeah, so it's not just like like a historical like a museum sort no, of thing. No. It's like a real mosque. All all of the like even the the Mecca like uh like the Haram and stuff. It's not like you just look at it and like go. It's like they're all actively used spaces, right? So yeah, that's cool. And Medina also has like the big religious university, right? Right. University of Medina is like the big school that everybody uh wants to go to to get their credentials right right i I actually didn't see it because i think i was just around the mosque and like hitting the historical sites it might might not be in town i'm not sure if it's in town actually might like be like Mm. in a suburb or something like that but i know that's there um there's a lot of like student looking people there so maybe maybe i just saw it and i didn't notice it but yeah it's it's there as well cool any kfc's Bro, they love their chicken, man. They have their own chicken lines. <laughs> like, um, they have their own, like, there's, like, their own, like, what is it called? Like, bake or something like that? It's, like, this weird, like, not, like, chicken sandwich place that they love. It's, like, KFCs and stuff. Okay. They love their fast what food. About, so, like, if you're American, like, you'll, you'll, you'll feel at home. that's cool Uh, what about like saudi food like did you get a sense of any like kind of saudi cultural things that you liked like did saudi food or anything like that they're like rice i don't know the name of the dishes like i was there with like my like laughable arabic just like trying to get a couple words together in like my classical arabic but uh yeah i I imagine that'll humble you pretty quick yeah like oh yeah i don't know anything (laughs) the thing is though like nobody knows arabic kind of like everybody coming in as well so uh, sure there's a lot of like haji haji like pointing at stuff they have their own like sign language that you kind of like learn by the end of it but uh yeah sure Mm -hmm. but uh yeah there's um there's a lot of like rice and like chicken dishes and like stuff like that so all right pretty interesting 
Cool. So you spent the next two weeks, like you spent the whole time in Medina? Yeah. Like I went to the date farms of Medina and like the, the farms that I think like the prophet and like some of the companions of the prophet like actually owned and like had the dates. Like the date market is really, really nice. It was like a, a trillion mm. variety of dates that you can eat. Um, I think like... I bet those are good dates. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the Ajwa dates, I think like, don't quote me, like don't kill me Muslims listening later, but I think maybe the prophet actually like cultivated some of them i'm not sure but like there's there's like this correct right right so like there's like descendant of those trees there and like you can eat some of those dates um so yeah like that was good i had a bunch of those i had like zemzem water from mecca and i was eating it with that like i had the had the whole blessing oh, yeah we up. didn't talk about we didn't talk about the zamzam water uh, are you familiar with that at all don no idea no you want to school them on Zamzam water? So Zamzam, like I said, um, Ab- uh, Abraham or Ibrahim, um, the prophet, um, he left his wife there, Hajar, and um, she was looking for water uh, for her son, Ishmael or Ismail. And the account goes that um, she was going through these hills seven times, like just looking for water sources. And then she left her son in one area, uh, Ismail, and story goes that the angel gabriel came and like struck struck at the ground with his wing and like a uh, a a bounce like came up from there and um you know hadger saw that and then she she went to like stop the water from like flowing away i guess she like cupped it with her hands and she was saying like zum zum which is like stop stop um mm-hmm. and then that just became like the well of zum zum so like the whole all of the water in and around the Kaaba is like sourced from like this deep artesian well, which is the Zamzam well, which has been there for like thousands of years. So you like you can drink that at any time. It's like it's like blessed. I think it's considered blessed in Islam. So everybody wants to get that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's got some unique properties from what I understand. And of course, there's like a lot of kind of woo woo science around it. You know, people trying to like make different claims and whatnot so i don't know what's true and what's not true but i understand like it has pretty unique properties just like from the mineral content or whatever and uh it's also like pretty um like it's the only source of water in that area and it's kind of like uh like that is remarkable in some way like you know forgive me i don't know all the i'm not an expert on any of this but yeah i understand that it's kind of even if you aren't like muslim and you don't like you know share this kind of like uh concept of it being you know part of that thing is all it's just kind of an interesting phenomena in itself right right mm-hmm. right the, the water like hits like i mean it's hot outside and like this is the only water to drink so it's like damn this is great water um <laughs> so yeah I, I i like people like take a bunch with them like i we took a bunch and then the dubai authorities um lost it at the airport from us so that was uh i was pretty mad about that but oh man yeah it's uh it's another strike against the uae regime but um but yeah i had i took a bunch and i was drinking it a bunch when i was there so and i was drinking it with that with those delicious dates so that was fun as well yeah i've never had an ajwa date so like we typically we get like the medjdul dates are like the best ones we can get here in the west that i typically see and then there's some other kinds nothing wrong with them but it's i don't know from what i understand it's uh it's not quite as good as the ajwa dates and especially like you know when they're fresh like that's a whole other thing too so 
Right. There's like a thousand varieties of dates. There's like fresh dates. There's like weird like things they do with dates. Like, I don't know. It's just like, it's like a date culture there, you know, that's one of the main foods. So like, I was just trying out a bunch of different ones that there are different markets there. Um, it's really nice. It's like, there's like fields of like date trees outside of Medina that you can like go and see. That's cool. Yeah. Were there any questions on the thing? Like, did you want to get to that one or, or what were you thinking? Yeah, sure. There, so there is one question that we have here in our um, enormous mailbag uh, about Mecca specifically. So yeah, let's start off with this one. Uh, it says, what is life like for Muslims living in Mecca? Do they go on Hajj every week or so? Um. So like I said, I did have family members who were like in the vicinity of Hijaz. So I did see them. Um, they're like a little bit outside of Mecca and like they, you can, I don't know what, what the government regulates but i know that they were saying that they can hit hajj pretty frequently um there was a certain day within our hajj stay that like all of like the locals came like all the saudis flooded in and like a good amount of them come like they're they're a good percentage of the people that actually come to hajj um Mm -hmm. and so they they can live they can they can do the hajj i think without restrictions um right but like hajj has to be that certain time of year, right? Like it has to be a, during the month right, and right. like there's certain days you do the certain things. So if it's going to be like a Hajj Hajj, that has to be on those same days as everybody else. But right. I guess you could do Umrah, you know. No, I mean they can... As much as the... I think they can just waltz in that day where it like starts that you have to go in. I think you have to get out of the city limits because um, to to enter the state of Ihram, um, it has to be within a certain area. So like they'll just do a loop out like i drive an hour out or something to to jeddah or something like that and they'll just um you know don their clothes and then just be hajis from that point on Mm -hmm. so yeah what in terms of what life is like for them if you meant like what what like regular life is like i said there's there's some poverty out there um which i didn't really quite understand where this huge oil state was really doing for their citizens but there is a lot of like regular middle class citizenry as well so i guess it's like a normal city in that respect yeah Mm -hmm. yeah okay well um yeah that was really uh it that we had for like specific hajj questions i mean people wanted to kind of wanted us to do an episode about it but i think that was the only thing that kind of came in to the uh, questions back although let me check the discord real quick uh, all right, yeah, so there is a Discord question here. Um, maybe we've answered this before on a, a Patreon episode, but I'll just kind of do this real quick. It says, Tom, do you have any plans regarding Hajj? How do your feelings on Saudi Arabia politically affect that? So, yeah, I'd be actually interested to hear your opinions about that too, Ak, about the, the politics of Saudi Arabia and stuff. But, I mean, I, I don't have immediate plans to make the Hajj. It, like we've kind of talked about, it does cost a little bit. So that's something I would have to save up for. But yeah, definitely at some point I, I would like to do that. It You know, like we said, it is kind of one of the pillars of Islam. It's something that you're obligated to do if you can. So um, yeah, it, it's definitely like on my to-do list. Uh, as far as like my feelings on Saudi Arabia politically, uh, that doesn't really affect the Hajj thing so much for me like I, I know for a while that was like a thing to uh to like boycott hodge that was like a thing on twitter for a while i think that's kind of ridiculous um 
you know, I, I, I don't like the, a lot of what the Saudi government does, um, you know, especially like bombing Yemen and, you know, funding all these like Al Qaeda groups and all that kind of stuff. That's, you know, that, that is what it is, but it's sort of like, you know, I live in the U S I don't really like the U S government for a lot of things that it does either, but you know, that's, that's not going to be like my primary determination on, you know, how I conduct myself and stuff. So, right. Like, are we going to, I mean, like we, I'm pretty sure all of our readers or listeners live in like Western or like Western adjacent countries, right? There's a lot of things that these governments do that aren't ideal, right? So I don't know the concept of like boycotting a religious rights because of like what a government does is like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right to me, I guess, in a sense. I mean, they're, yeah, it's, a, I feel like that's something that the prophet would have mentioned somehow. Like, right. I mean, it's been occupied by like awful regimes before, right? Like there's, there's been pretty <laughs> bad guys running the area, um, and historically, mm-hmm. and that, that didn't stop people from going to the Hajj. So I think, yeah, uh, right. I think there's so, like, better things that we can do than boycott the Hajj, which doesn't even make a large percent of their economy. If, if you think that's going to, you know, affect them in that way yeah and hajj is like an important part of like the global community for muslims so if you like kind of cutting that i don't know there's a lot of benefit to be gained from that you know what i mean like uh, if you're trying to build like solidarity internationally i feel like hajj should play a role for that and uh deciding to boycott it would you'd lose the benefit of that so i mean uh you know malcolm x and hajj like that's a big thing right like that was an important part of his uh you know, his transformation ideologically in the last years of his life. So like if, if he kind of took the route of like, well, the Saudi government is reactionary, blah, 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 then, then that wouldn't have happened. So that, that's actually you know, one of the things, Oh, I, I didn't mention that actually the seeing the millions of different like types of people there, that was really interesting as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's like a, there's like a lot of like Muslim types of Muslims, like I've never seen before, like from, I saw people from like, like Tuaregs from like the Sahara, like wearing their, wearing their like clothes and like people from Southeast Asia and stuff like that. And like a lot of people from China. Um, that was pretty interesting. Although I didn't like some groups mobbing, mobbing practices, which I won't name names, but <laughs> when you link arms and like, and like make a, like a huge block of people, they, they tend to run people over. So you know who you are. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Rugby players from, uh, the uk or something <laughs> we actually did, like i think we had like because because so the way they like arrange you in in the hajj is like by country like when you're in mina the tent city so like they'll put like america next to canada and and australia and like new zealand stuff like that like that's a group um and, like the arab countries are a group and like other like whatever right and, like southeast like south asia is like another area right so like when we were there like there's a lot of like new zealand muslims there so there's a lot of like rugby looking dudes. Um, they might, they might have been rugby <laughs> players. Um, did they have, a, um, an area for Israeli Muslims? <laughs> I'm imagining not. Um, they might've, they might've, uh, they might've come under the Arab countries, the, all the Semite countries, but, uh, Oh, they, there's all the Arabs are just grouped together. Okay. Right. Right. The funny thing was though, because, um, I was actually raised my eyebrows a little bit at this. Um, every thing was kind of like cultural or like, uh, geographical like western countries right um southeast south asia Bangladesh, afghanistan 
India, right? The funny thing was to me, though, that they put Iran with the African countries. So it's just like the Iranian tents <laughs> surrounded by the African <laughs> tents. I was like, huh, what do they mean by that? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, another thing is like the like the whole you know with the Saudi government and their position on like the Shia and, and there's a lot of stories that often happen how, about how they like try to kind of stop the Shia from making the Hajj and all that kind of thing and just generally persecute uh, the Shia people. Uh, did you notice anything going on like that or or like I don't know? Did, could you even tell if there was any Shia Muslims there? Was there anything notable around that? So Iran is like what? Like vast majority like Shia, right? Like at least 70, 80% yeah. plus, right? So the Iranian 10 area. Like, oh, what's up? Sorry, I was just going to say like, but there's also like Iraq, you know, other places right, do right, have right. like substantial Shia population. Right. Um, it, I, I couldn't tell. I mean, everybody's wearing the same thing, right? Like. You wouldn't be able to, uh-huh. like, there's no, like, Shia sign on their head, right? Um, but uh, I know, because I, I, I did get lost in Mina one day, so, like, I did, like, a tour of, like, every area. I know the Iranian tent area was fairly large, so if they were limiting, limiting it, um, I wouldn't be able to tell. Like, it, it did look like they have a significant amount of people there. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of, like, I, I, I don't know what their hedge rituals are like, so I don't know if they're, like, being stopped from doing something. I do know that at the Prophet's grave, they did not let people do certain things. There were some people trying to do certain things. I don't know what they were doing, but they would like stop and like do something else. And they, like the guards there would like immediately stop them. And then like other times when I was doing Tawaf or like I was just doing different rituals, there'd be like, because everybody's like grouped up with their group or like country, right? Um, there would be people like who would stop and like do something different. Like I, like they would do their own. I don't know if like I don't know if they were just stopping or if they were stopping to do some type of ritual. I don't know. But like the guards would immediately be like, hey, hey, like like kick rocks, like keep it moving, right? Um mm-hmm. so yeah, in terms of like if they have a specific Shia thing that they do, um, I don't know of it. Um but as far as I can tell there is like plenty of shias there i mean there's a bunch of iranians there um in terms of the other arab countries like it's only grouped by country so i, I wouldn't be able to tell you like sect wise what they were there's plenty of iraqis there though sure okay did you get a sense of uh kind of like a that they were pushy about like their interpretation of islam or anything like did you get a sense that they were being kind of like i don't know like i you know, the whole, like, Wahhabi thing. Was that... Did you feel like they were pushing that or no? Well, they... They don't have different hydro trolls than, like, average, like regular Sunnis, right? Um, yeah. I think... I think, like, they actually, like, whatever, like, the Saudi official government, like, practices, like, technically a form of, like, Hanbali Islam. So, I don't think, like, medheb-wise or, like, school of thought-wise that they, they differ at all. Um, so it wasn't different than any standard Sunni practice as far as I can tell. Um, but like in terms of like Saudi specific things, um, I mean, just the geography of it, right? Like, so the graves of the, of the Sahabas, um, were all leveled because they don't allow for like, they, they have like this weird thing about grave sites. So like they were all, when I was there, like all yeah. the graves were like just 
utterly destroyed. There weren't like mar- there's only like these like stone markers there. Um, when before that, like there was actual like things built up on them. Um, in Mecca, like as you know, like all of the old like Khadija and her her house was like destroyed to like build stuff on top of it. So like in that sense, yeah, like it's very obvious. Like they they totally changed how the place looks. But like in terms of like worship practices, like I didn't see anything. They did have a lot mm-hmm. of like huge mega like portraits of like their king and his like idiot son like everywhere. They did have that like <laughs> huge portraits of them like on every corner. But yeah, Arabs love that stuff. It was the same thing in Jordan. Right, right. just huge portraits of uh, the king just like posted up on like a big building yeah what can you do but uh but yeah that was that was the only like intrusive saudi thing that i basically saw all right all right so we'll just wrap it up with this last question um it's 2035 and your dream of an islamo-catholic emirate has happened but now you must contend with polytheististan a state that's an oppressive dictatorship made up of all the major polytheistic world religions they are oppressing monotheists, banning Qurans and Bibles, and worst of all, their witches and warlocks are casting curses. How do you respond? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess uh, I would say um, nuclear first strike, I guess. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> You're right to the big guns. Sure. Uh, sure, yeah. It seems like there are monotheists living in that area, though. If they are oppressing them. Uh, I think, yeah, then they'll be martyrs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I have a simple solution okay. for this. Yeah. So I would go in there, right? And obviously I would do, you know, as a haji, you know, I have that special aura about me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I would, I would, uh, I would, I would go to their leader and I'd, I'd ask him to, you know, martyr me. Um, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to do it. I have my aura. Um, the arrows would break, the guns wouldn't hit me, um, the bullets wouldn't hit me, and uh, I would tell him that he would have to, you know, say the shahada before he wants to shoot me. And once he does that, I'll be martyred, and the people will see, and they will all convert, and the, the polytheist stand won't be anymore. So, just uh, own them, and uh, yeah. collapse their government with no bullet shot. Hmm. Foolproof. I like it. Can we nuke at least one city? <laughs> just, just, just get one in there, please. Yeah, yeah. With Ock there, and and we nuke it while he's there, and it's just like you know, there's like a force shield around him that just protects mm-hmm. him. Sure, right. I'll yeah, be protected. Be cool. Yeah, you could do that as well. Mm-hmm. Sure, but I'm pretty sure the yeah, Ukraine right, so... is pretty irradiated at the, at this point, so I don't know if that would work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Cool. All right. Problem solved. See? Easy stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Ak. That was a really fun episode. Um, I learned quite a bit. It was uh, nice to hear all those stories and stuff. Yeah, thanks. And uh, I'm glad that we finally got to it. Sorry that we had to keep kind of canceling and whatnot, but uh, um, I'm glad that we uh, got through it and uh, learned a lot and whatnot. So it was a lot of fun. Thanks. Nice to be there. Nice coming here. So appreciate it you're gonna come to hajj now don <laughs> i don't know if i'm allowed but we'll see yeah we'll sneak you in i can just i can just hang out at the city limits or something and wave at you or something you can be the greeter right the walmart greeter sure. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Sounds good. Okay, guys, so if you enjoy this episode and you'd like a second episode every week, you can get that by subscribing to our Patreon. Uh, you'll get that as well as access to our Discord where you can chat with us in our lovely community, including Ak. He's, he's in there quite a bit. Um, if you want to send us questions that we answer anonymously on here, you can do that by going to our Twitter account at YouCan'tWinPod, and you'll find a pinned tweet there that links to the Curious Cat. You can send the questions over there. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next time. Thanks, guys. Peace. Peace.